Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You guys look absolutely shocking. It's been a long weekend. Yeah, I had to go to work today and I had to explain the importance of diversification in a large equity portfolio. It was tough. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds tough sober, uh, frankly, let alone half cut after a weekend in Chicago, which you're going to hear plenty about. So uh, hands in, Alka-Seltzer's in and pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. Pod. A day later than usual, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. I'm fresh as a daisy. I've had a week away on Holly Bobs and had a normal amount of sleep. It was wonderful, so I'm feeling good. And I've got two haggard states, frankly, in front of me. It uh, was worth it, though. It was had... so worth it. Hello, Tim. Hello, JB. Hello, Phil. Hi, Tim. Uh, you are back from Chicago. That's why you're getting the podcast a day later than usual. Um, just the recovery was needed, frankly. I've not slept. We landed at 7.30 this morning. I've worked all the way through like a warrior. We're going to hear plenty of the boys' exploits and adventures in Chicago as they went to see the USA against the All Blacks in that match. There's loads to look forward to as well. We've got the rugby that happened over the weekend just gone. We've got looking ahead to the Autumn Internationals. It's so exciting, the fixture lists that are coming up and many more besides. But obviously, we're going to, there's only one place to start. In a world of intense, physical rugby competitions, there is one competition that stands out above the rest. Oh, yes. And it's time to put the right foot forward and to put on a pedestal the greatest of all rugby competitions as we look back at the first weekend of the LV Cup. Yes. Yes. I can't even whoop. How about this Woo. Oh. Right. So, what happened in the LV Cup whilst we were away? Here here are the here are the highlights of the LV Cup. (laughs) And that was the highlights of the LV Cup over the weekend. I literally right. This is how I knew what the score was in the LV Cup. I couldn't find any, anything about any of the Aviva teams, so I assumed that they had a week off. I had to had to go onto the Bath website and look at the score to see, <laughs> see who they were playing. It wasn't on the BBC, it wasn't on the rugby paper, it wasn't anywhere. There will be a lot of young players that will get blooded, but um, as a fan of rugby, I'm, I'm just not interested in the no, LV Cup. No, I'm not either. I mean, the LV Cup moves the needle a little bit more, I'm sorry, a little bit less than the Pro 12, but not much. Oh, I think the yeah, Pro 12 has been good. Very good this season. 
We'll see. Well, hold on. Let me let me give you the greatest bit of the Pro 12 possibly ever, but certainly over the weekend. Check the this out. Greatest bit of the Pro 12 ever. But possibly, yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> I this, think I know what you're going to show me. This is from Cardiff Blues against Munster at the yeah. weekend. And the arm is out as Adam Jones goes for the drop and go. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been spectacular if he managed to pull it off. And he's giggling away to himself. That would have been an astonishing drop goal, to say the least. Adam Jones trying to drop goal. So a fat man miskicking a ball is one of the best ever things can start the pro as well. I agree. I agree. What was the name of the Australian prop? Who dropped a goal? Matt Dunning. Matt, was, it, was it Matt Dunning? Was it Matt Dunning? When they they got a, know, a, they got a penalty and there was like three minutes to go in the game, and they needed a convert. <laughs> it is Matt Dunning. They needed a sure converted is. try, and he just like kicked the ball away, take the penalty, and kicked it at and actually and it scored, actually went over. which meant that they then still needed to score a converted try. It, it was a uh, like it messed up what they were intending to do. Let's talk about some proper rugby then. And there's, well, there was already some internationals over the weekend. And JB and Phil were in Chicago, the Windy City, for the USA at Soldier Field against the New Zealand All Blacks. Just well, to talk to me then, because we, we, uh, we've just hooked up this evening to do the podcast. I know nothing about your way. trip to Chicago. Yeah, um, it's a pretty good city. I can confirm that much. <laughs> the American fans are legitimate. Uh, yeah, they really are, aren't they? Yeah. They are incredibly knowledgeable. They're very good drinkers. It was <laughs> awesome. They know a lot of rugby songs and, yeah. a, and a lot of drinking games as well. We can oh, confirm good. both. It seems to be that they enjoy rugby as a vehicle to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was awesome. And so I their think... second favourite team is Australia, then, clearly. By that <laughs> yeah. token. So, so you, you enjoyed Chicago, the city. What, what was the general weekend? Because you had a lot of media commitments. Uh, yes, we did. We did and we didn't. Uh, I mean, they didn't feel like commitments. I mean, if this is what the media do on a day-to-day basis, I'm, I'd, I'd love to be in the media full time. <laughs> um, I'm sure it isn't. Yeah, we went to Captain's Day, Captain's Run on Friday. Now, this, I think, typifies the difference between the two teams. When we got there, we met all the, all the US press staff. And one of them even said, oh, I know you guys, I listen. And then we spoke to everyone, and everyone's really excited. It's, you know, obviously it's the biggest event in US rugby possibly ever. And all they want to do is talk about rugby, because I think to work in US rugby, you've got to love US rugby. Yeah. And then there was... It's a labour of love. Yeah. Yeah. And they'd do anything for you. They were really relaxed, weren't they? Really friendly. And then, like, it was like the empire of darkness descended upon the studio. We, a studio, sorry, uh, stadium. Said hello to some All Blacks guys. They were nice. And then we introduced ourselves to a guy called Joe, who's the media guy. Now, bearing in mind the media person in the USA team had just spent the best part of an hour chatting to us, the, the, the uh, New Zealand guy turned around to us and went, Hi, I'm Joe. Went, Hi, I'm JB. Okay, you need to leave now. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. The... All Blacks captain run was selected guests only. No, no. Officially, there was no media supposed to be there in case they, I don't know, see anything untoward, report anything. Yeah. Mm. So there's only fans were supposed to be there. So, so, so we got kicked off the field, went up to have a look around uh, around the stadium a bit, and then kind of 
snuck down a little bit to uh, to watch some well, of it. Well, that and also we snuck into the owner's box in Soldier Field and, <laughs> and watched half the warm-up from there. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you were looking almost vertically down onto the pitch. That stadium looks incredible. It is incredible. Yeah. Let me tell you this, the All Blacks mean business. Like all the boys, when you see them warming up, I mean, we, we bumped into Kieran Reid in, in the bowels of the stadium. Uh, oh yeah, well, let's, let's let's talk about the infamous uh, hoverhand picture that for a second. JB, with a man who you would like to go and ride bareback horseback up, he's up no to Berger, a mountain, he? and he's, uh, right. <laughs> he's not quite Jack Berger, but if you if you had to pitch a tent up a mountain with another man, look besides or, Jack Berger, then Kieran Reid would be pretty high up on your list. Um, I asked him for a picture, and in return, he asked me for tips on how to be a world class eight. And it was, <laughs> it was a worthwhile trade. I enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. The picture, by the way, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. You can have a look at JB uh, with Kieran Reed. But all the boys, all the All Black boys, when they came to warm up and they're just kicking the ball around, you can tell that they just love being All Blacks in the squad. They're all messing about, but everyone around that squad, it is like they're. It's like they're making. High-level governmental decisions—they're that serious. <laughs> Massive contrast between between the two. Yeah, the guys like um, Israel Dagan, Corey Jane, and, and some of those boys were throwing around a pigskin after the training session. Oh yeah, like, they were. Mm. Corey Jane and Israel Dag spent the best part of half an hour playing kick tennis. Yeah, kick, and that was it. Kick, Just tennis, kick tennis and then telling jokes. Yeah, it, it looked like that, that was their session while the uh, the Fords were doing like scrums and line-out practice. Really diligent work. Those but two, but those the All Black out. machine is the machine. Yeah, it, that's what you get out of it. It's the organisation. Obviously, we'd like to watch the captains run, but you understand why they yeah. are like they are because they're into winning, and that's why they yeah. are as good as they are. I was watching the game from my my armchair, jealous of you guys being <laughs> out there, and I was thinking. Oh come on, just take it easy on the USA now. This is a big game for them. Yeah. Come on, give oh. their but they just they will not give an inch. This test was about educating the Americans into well, not not the actual fans who were there, because they know, but the rest of America, right? So it's televised. We heard the commentary in the stadium, not the commentary on TV, the commentary in the stadium was unbelievable. The guy had no clue. Literally what, no clue. He was like, there was a... Um, handball, handball. There was probably a, a, a 10, 10 to 15 second gap in between a decision being made and him announcing what the decision was, where he's like flicking through a rule book and then he announces it and it's wrong almost every time. And oh, then, I'll, I'll come out there and do it. For, I'll put on an American yeah. accent even and do it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the Americans on TV had a choice of listening to him or at half time even more confusing Richie McCaw trying to explain the breakdown now there's only one man in the world you don't want to explain a breakdown it's Richie McCaw yeah because he does what he wants him. rules don't apply yeah. <laughs> so Richie what, what is this rook thing well, I just do whatever I want and uh, keep it from any side yeah. Yeah. hands feet mouth doesn't matter yeah on your feet off your feet it's just easy it doesn't matter does and it and once or twice in your whole career you'll get a yellow card yeah. but only because you're wearing the wrong shirt <laughs> yeah because he's wearing six wasn't he <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did love the commentary again when I was sat on my armchair. The phrases such as, I thought the guys did a good job actually, the American guys that were um, commentating. But phrases like, Samu Manoa's been covering some real estate this afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, cleats, the phrase cleats instead of boots got used. I heard rugby IQ came out. Rugby IQ was a new phrase on me. And uh, two point conversion, no good. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, they had a lot of no good and good. But the stadium announcer was announcing no good when it was good. <laughs> but that's the same as American football. Exactly it the same rule. Go between the states. I know. I thought the one thing I did like. I thought again. I thought the guys on the telly did a decent job because they've got to explain it to this American really job, audience actually. and they've got to kind of uh, you know keep up to speed with the game. But there was one bit where they obviously obviously didn't understand that you could do a quick line out. 
Yes. And yeah. uh, so so a couple of times, I think Corey Jane caught it off the field and threw it straight into play. He went, oh, uh, referee Joubert obviously hasn't seen his feet in touch. He's letting go. <laughs> there were some guys behind us when, when one of those happened. I thought it, I thought were, you got it wrong. But they were didn't. shouting, the flag was up. The flag was up. It is a tough sport to, to get your head around. So fair it play. Well, well, I know you've got some little clip, some bits of audio from your nights out. Yes, indeed. But we might make a little bit of a game out of it. Well, we'll do that in a little bit. Let's talk about a little bit of the other rugby then, because I think the the game of the weekend was the Barbarians against Australia. It was everything the Barbarians is all about. The romance, uh, you know, guys just rocking up and never playing together and playing attacking rugby. Australia played their part as well, but it was absolutely awesome. I don't know if you caught any of the highlights since coming back. uh, I watched the game uh, just before coming here. Feel 14 of the players provided all the skill. All the emotion was provided by the badge. <laughs> All about the badge. The whole week was, was about amazing. the badge. The whole week was about the badge. The, the guy is a special guy. And um, John Kerwin, who was the coach of the Barbarians for the week, just said, and you know, bearing in mind he's a New Zealander, he said, Australia, get the guy back in the squad because what he did for the Barbarians was provide um, just a real galvanising force and a real positive energy that really made the whole week brilliant for the Barbarians. And that... That bore out in the in the way they played as well. Well, it was all about the badge. I mean, this was him touring uh, London and being shown Buckingham Palace. Welcome to Buckingham Palace. Are you a, are you a royalist or Republican? Are you are you pro the Queen? She, she does she does her best, mate. And uh, I, I don't have any bad thing to say about her. Um, she, she's a good bird, former flame. I don't want to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably legitimately could be held in the Tower of London uh, yeah. for that. And also, uh, just again, in another media commitment, this is him just giving support to Movember in the way that the badge does. Well, it's feeding him. Uh, pull your finger out, grow a mo. Uh, she'll love it, absolutely love it. And uh, and so your, your uh, charisma will go through the roof. That was, that was the badge doing that. And then there was the badge's post-match uh, interview as well. It was back and forth, it was up and down, it was bloody everywhere, and mate, uh, it was just bloody enjoyable rugby, mate. It was, it's been on your heels, let's have a look at the try itself, talk us through how you, how you played this at the week. It, oh look, now give it here, oh no, there, pop, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, all over oh, the you place. she's opened up and he's over, a bit of meat, a bit of meat out of the post. <laughs> <laughs> he's a special, special man. <clears throat> the only clip from the game I've seen is the uh, QB line-out, the 40-yard the QB line-out. Um, which game are you talking about? Barbarians Australia. Not the USA one. There was one in both. Was, the, yeah. Did you see one in, one in the USA game? The what? The, the QB line out. Oh, no. It's so one in the United States game. Which was a lot worse. The one in the Barbarians game was awesome. Was was like a planned oh, was it? move yeah. to, to this s- one was, skip yeah. the whole line out and go straight to midfield. I mean, the Americans loved it, but um, I'm pretty sure Nick Kennedy, who was coaching the line outs, <laughs> would not have loved it quite so much. You met Nick Kennedy, didn't you, in Chicago? Yes, he was there. How was that? Awesome, because because I didn't realise he was working with T, he was working with Team USA. Yeah, yeah we had no idea on their lineouts. Yeah, we were like, who's that, who's that tall handsome guy over there? He's very handsome. Oh my god, it's Nick Kennedy. He's a, he's a dashing chap. He is he, is he certainly dashing. is. We chatted to him for about I don't know five ten minutes on the sideline whilst we watched the USA train. He's got stats after stats after stats. And then after that, he went... Phil, no, this must be Phil's new man crush then if he can just come out with facts and stats and figures. Yeah, well, he was uh, good for that. And then he, uh, after training, he disappeared off to the uh, Chicago Bears to meet their GM, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So doing so, pretty well for himself. So, what, so what, what, can you tell, what, what can you say that, that Nick Kennedy let you in on? Well, he said he's been watching the last 10 
New Zealand games in the build up to this this week, and amongst other things, he told to us was um, that they win fifty percent of their own kickoffs back. So they they will reclaim. They'll kick off, and fifty percent of the time they will reclaim that ball. And fact, <laughs> wow, which is quite incredible yeah. when you think about what it. Is, I think, ah, yes, this is a rule designed so the other team get the ball. Yeah, and not anymore. Wow, that that is an amazing th- stat. Yeah, I will keep an eye on that in the England game. Yes. Um, well, we just talked about somebody who possibly has the, the the best banter, for want of a better word. The first member of Banter Squadron, the Honey Badger, Nick Cummins. I just want to highlight, because he's, he's a great advert for rugby in general. And there's one advert for how bad football banter is. And it comes via Gary Lineker. Possibly the I just thought, I know it's not rugby, it's sport, but I thought it had to be shared. One of the worst bits of banter I've ever heard. So I don't, I don't know if you were aware that um, Mark Clattenberg apparently missed refereeing a football game because he wanted to go and see Ed Sheeran. Yes, I heard that. <laughs> I didn't so, know. Wow. So, so basically, Gary Lineker thought, I know, I'll, I'll, I'll do a great joke in a tweet. So Gary Lineker's tweet said, Great news for Clattenburg. He's refing at Burnley on Saturday. That will give him time to get to Denmark for Ed Sheeran's next concert on Tuesday. That's, that was a joke. That was a joke, guys. <laughs> oh, wow. Sorry, sorry. That was a joke. Wow. Sorry. Wow. Sorry, I thought you were reading that off a par- like a parody Twitter. No, no, it's just... <laughs> is that, that's not boring James Milner's account, no? <laughs> no, it's real Gary Lineker's account. Good, good, good banter, Gaza. Good one, Gary. Well on, Gary. <sighs> good work. Uh, yes. Um, I thought this was banter when I read it, but it's not. This is real as well. Bernard Laporte is saying that he may well make Toulon not play the game against Cass this weekend due to a lack of props and hookers. Wow. Toulon apparently may not have enough props or hookers to fulfil their fixture against Cast at the weekend. Nonsense. I know. Absolutely not. Is he doing a Cockers? Richard, uh, Richard Cockers throwing yeah. his toys out the pram a little bit. Yeah. What, 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 how many props down? And how? It's, they say it's due to international. Well, they don't have an academy and they don't have any. Oh, that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's the same thing as Racing making a big fuss, fuss about the Welsh boys. Something's, something's going on in France, I think, and that. I think it's powerful club owners and powerful clubs really pushing back against in, against internationals. Mm. Well, they're pushing back to not have to pay them when they're off on internationals. The clubs don't even pay them when they're injured. Yeah, they they already don't pay them when they're injured. They get the the wild card and it's, it's paid for by, for by the union or, or whoever. By the council, unbelievably. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't no, know that. That's, yeah, yeah wow. if you get injured in France, your wage gets paid by the council or a, a large proportion of it. Wow. Well, but, more Abuja lad must have thought he got Johnny Wilkinson on the cheap when he first <laughs> yeah, went there. Yeah. This does sound a lot like they're putting the gun to the heads of the rugby organisers. Go on then. Well, speaking of the Welsh boys, JB, you were saying there's something brewing with Dan Lydiot as well. He's been he's been cut cold from the squad. Yeah. So Dan Lydiot, who only two years ago was the best player in Europe, or sorry, man of the Six Nations, yeah, has now been cut, as in released, just let go from Racing. Now I don't know where he's going to end up. Don't know how injured he is or what it is. Is the equivalent of just letting. A premiership footballer go just just to find new work. I mean, we're talking about a serious, serious international yeah, player here. Yeah. So he's worth some money to someone. Bearing in mind, Stefan yeah. Armitage is worth what a couple hundred thousand. And he's hard to replace. Yeah, exactly. So this made me think. This is the side effect of not having a strict salary cap, because this is also related to Warren Gatland. Warren Gatland has said that he thinks players in France are not fit enough. Have you heard this? Yeah, the, yeah, particularly the forwards he was worried about. Not, yeah. not fit enough to play the way that Wales play. So, yeah. 
I think, and tell me if you think I'm wrong here, this is a direct result. Because you can have unlimited funds, all that you do is you go and buy the biggest players. And because you buy the biggest players or, or, the, or, or the best players or the most skillful players, you neglect other things to make the players better because you can just get in the next one and you can build, build, build up a big squad. Whereas if you're playing in the Premiership, which has a very tight salary cap, you need every single ounce of what you can get out of your players. Yeah. So the Premiership is, is a far more efficient league at getting more, more of the players than the French league. Get more bang for your buck. Who don't really care. And that's yeah. why they're not paying conditioners or doing the right stuff. I mean, they're all building stadiums, I guess, but everything else. Well, that's a little storyline that could uh, could move on. We'll see what happens with um, Dan Lidget, but obviously he'll... He'll have a vested interest in um, Wales, Australia at the weekend, mm. um, as a countryman at least. Mm-hmm. But the big game, the big eye-catching game, and let's let's talk about what? it. I can't believe we've got this far into the. Hang on. I hope you're not going to skip over the Welsh Australia game <laughs> for England. Well, we'll get to we'll get to Wales Australia, but come on, you've got the rank number one and rank number three teams in the world. If that's not the eye-catching fixture of the weekend, oh. I, I don't know what is. England against New Zealand at Twickenham with Stuart Lancaster dealt another injury blow without the services of Tuilangi and Burrell and obviously Dan Cole and other front row players, Mako Vinipola and. Corbusiero, Corbusiero, Tom, Tom Youngs. Young's, Jeff Parling. Now also Joe Launchbury. Now I think that's possibly, along with Tulagi, the biggest loss. Yeah, it's a huge loss, isn't it? Yeah. Albeit Dave Atwood uh, is a really, really informed. Dave Atwood? Dave Atwood. They'll bring Stuart Hooper in, surely. <laughs> Stop it with Stuart Hooper. He's a beast. He's a captain. He's a leader. <laughs> uh, but no, what I thought we should do, uh, just as one way to build up to the match, is to pick a combined 15. So assume everybody in the, in, in the squad that fit, so even Tuilangi or whatever, and we can debate the various positions. But let's go through 1 to 15 and say who we would pick from the two squads to make one combined team. And that will give us a bit of an indicator as to where we're at. So at 1. Tony Woodcock, is he still, He's still, still knocking around, good, isn't, isn't he? he? Still, he still, I still wouldn't look past him at loose head. Yeah, I think I think Marler's probably first choice for England. But not, I'd, not Marler for me. I'd go for uh, I'd go for Woodcock ahead of him. I'd go for Woodcock as well. Um, at hooker now, this this Kiwi de- definitely pick a Kiwi. This Kiwi ladders because they this is a position where they've been weak for a while, but he is really making the shirt his own now. Are we talking about the same the same guy here, Dylan Hartley? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's who I'd be picking. Very good. Dane Coles is looking awesome. Yeah, his loose play is is, is amazing. I don't know. Whether, I don't know whether it's just because he's in, he's in a New Zealand team, but I'd be tempted to put him above Hartley. Although, albeit, is pretty close. I put in Hartley. I, I probably would put in Hartley. Just that little bit of niggle in the in the tight as well. He's, he's, I think we're looking at the two. He looks consider, Hartley looks considerably bigger. I think yeah. I think Hartley is a bit heavier, a bit All more right. robust. So we'll go Woodcock one, Hartley at two, three. Probably have to be Franks, wouldn't it? Frank, Owen Franks. Franks. Even over Dan Cole, if Dan Cole was fit. Oh, yeah. definitely over Dan Cole. Yeah. I think he gives a lot more in the loose. Um, we say that. Isn't Dan Cole a bit of a turnover, turnover machine? Turnover machine, but nothing else. He doesn't make. He's not a ball carrier, really. So doesn't both, make the odds. Both props, New Zealanders. Yes. Both props are New Zealanders. But I don't think necessarily makes them the better team at scrummaging when it comes down to it. In the second row, then, this is where England, I think, potentially, you could argue, would have both in, although Brody Retallick's been... And Whitelock. Been awesome. Whitelock's Sam Whitelock. been great as well. There's, yeah. there's a lot of depth because um, Tui Palotta, who... Massive man. Yeah, he's, I looked, he's only 21 and he's like 6'8 and... Is there any point in anyone else 19 playing? stone. Um, I think I'd pick Courtney Laws. I think I would as well. Retallick and Laws. Yeah. Do, it, do it that way around. Yeah, like Why that. not Atwood? 
<laughs> why is that, it's why, not even a joke. Why not Hooper? Why not Hooper? <laughs> yeah, why not Hooper? Why not Sam Burgess? Into the, I'm, because I'm, it's a second row, you idiot. <laughs> I'm going to propose a back row and uh, tell me if you disagree. Six Rob Short, seven McCaw, <laughs> eight Reed. No. Um, You'd have Liam Messam. Eight. Uh, ahead oh, of Liam Messam ran directly towards us. Oh, no, uh, no, it was Jerome. No, sorry, 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 it wasn't, was it? It, it was Jerome Kano. Jerome Kano. Terrifying. I mean, he was only warming up, but we were on the same pitch, we were pitch level with him, and he's running, sprinting towards us, doing his warm-up drill, and I was like, this is what it must feel like. I hope he slows down. (laughs) (laughs) Please slow down. But obviously, there's no question, Reed at eight, McCaw at seven, so who gets the six shirt? Is it Liam Messam? Kano. Is it Kano? Kano's Kano's Is it Rob Shaw? I'd go Rob Shaw. He's been outstanding. He he has, yeah, he's been really, really good. What? But I'd be tempted to have Vunny Polar at six. Wow. Or Kano. 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 No, how can oh, you not? Phil, pick. Go on then. Let's have Kano. Uh, yeah, Kano. Oh. <laughs> so an all New Zealand back row. Uh, yeah. So nine then, Danny Kerr. Is he, is I, he? I really rate, really rate Aaron Smith. I think he's awesome. But I think Danny Kerr is possibly the form line in the, in the world at the moment. Two years ago, that was one way, one way that England really got at New Zealand was by getting at Aaron Smith. Yeah. And they really, really got at him at the breakdown. And he didn't handle it particularly well yeah uh, I think Danny Kerr cares for yeah. me 10 there's obviously Carter whoa Carter is probably third choice key, Kiwi fly half now nah he'll be back it, he'll be interesting from injury if, okay who, who are they going to pick against against England because well, I, I think they'll pick Cruden I think they'll I pick Cruden yeah Cruden and there's Bowden Barrett is Bowden awesome Barrett. and there's also Slade who didn't even yeah. make the team but as in Carter's only played like two or three games back since yeah. a, a few months out injured but Carter is Carter. probably the best Carter's ever. Carter, yeah. yeah. So Carter, Carter. Ke- Karen Carter, twelve and thirteen. This is interesting. Does t- basically, does Tuolangi break the Nonu Smith axis? Does Sonny Bill break the Nonu Whoa. Smith axis? Does Sonny Bill? Does Ryan Crotty break? Oh, the, break Ryan Crotty was. Does awesome. Fakatoa break the Nonu Smith <laughs> axis? Basically, can Tuolangi get in ahead of the, ahead, ahead of, of like five all of those? We were saying on um, on. Oh. Saturday, um, New Zealand might have the four best 13s in the world. Conrad, Conrad Smith, yeah. Feki Toa, Ryan Crotty and Kieran Reid. Yeah. <sighs> and the two best 12s in the world. <laughs> yeah. Mar- Sonny Bill, right? Sonny, Sonny Bill. Bill. Williams. You have to see him up close. Uh, he's just not... He's not... <sighs> he's not quite cut from the same cloth as you and I, is it, he? He is... Here's the reason, right, that socialism doesn't work, because some people are just better. And that's what he is. He's better. I love the fact you're taking, using Sonny Bill Williams. Not only is Sonny Bill Williams now a heavyweight boxing champion, rugby union World Cup winner and rugby league international, he's also he's, a, he's a, an a for political capitalist. activist. And... Yeah, poster boy for capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd probably, I'd, if I had to pick it today, I would probably want, I would probably think about Sonny Bill and Comrade Smith. The most noticeable thing for me about him and Sonny Bill and and a lot of the players was the timing of the offload. Yeah, that's it. So they would they would draw the man, draw the man, draw the man, and then take contact, and they half taken contact, and the offload's gone. So that man is completely out of the game, and it just creates so much more space for everyone else. Sonny Bill, oh, Sonny Bill in the in the flash. <laughs> Phil, bump, bump, bump me up here. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong, Jay. Oh. You're not wrong. An incredible specimen. Yeah. His, his shoulders. Do you, reckon I could, do you reckon I could take him if it came on to a fist fight? Uh, I'd like to see it. But... I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, God. special, special man. I'm um, sure he wears shorts too tight on purpose. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know that rugby league thing, isn't it? They were like uh, medium boys' shorts. <laughs> they were. They were t- 
tiny. I reckon, do you reckon when they're in parking lot, like, have you got Sonny's shorts? He's not going to be happy with them. Just <laughs> emphasising the tininess of his waist compared to the hugeness of his shoulders. Yeah. And, and his monstrous legs as well. Mm. He is so athletic. <sighs> uh, so who would make the centres then? I, I, I'd say... Tuilagi would make the US, would make the All Black squad, but would not get in the starting fifteen. Yes. Although when you look back two years to that game, he was a wrecking ball, that, ruined that, New Zealand. Yeah, but that, I'd say that be, one game. But exactly what you talked about, I don't think any Englishman has the fundamental key skills that pretty much all the New Zealanders have. I think. Yeah, I would go for if everyone's fit, Nonu and Conrad Smith. Nonu and Smith. So far, we've only got Danny Kerr in the back line. Wingers, it's not, it's surveyor not, number 11, thank you, yes. done, dusted. He is the most boring player in the world. And everyone bangs on about how good he is. I could score the tries that he scores. <laughs> he, when he gets the ball, so many players have fallen for eight offloads and six, and six dummies. He's, he's usually with like clear space and just dots it down. And he had, he had two more this weekend. He's still awesome. Yeah. He is. He's still awesome. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get, what, I get it, what you're saying. He's, he's, he's benefiting from being a winger in the, oh, the yeah. best team Possibly in the, the best team, one of the best teams ever. In, yeah. In attack, right, he is to rugby what um, Mills Molina is in defence, which is we never even knew if he could defend. You know, you watch 90 <laughs> odd games of Molina and he never made a tackle. We, we, don't, we just simply don't know. Uh, the other winger who gets in, it's got to be another Kiwi, isn't it? Um, have, have they... Curry, Curry Jane, probably, ahead of uh, Pietau. Uh, ahead of any of the English ones? Ahead of, oh, actually, no. Well, it depends if you're going to play Ben Smith as a winger or a fullback. Oh, yeah. He's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, let's have Ben Smith and Surveyor on the wings. And then I, Mike, you know, Mike Brown, again, Mike Brown at fullback. I would put Mike Brown based on his the last four, year's... The yeah. fullback whoa, whoa. in the last couple of years on, in the just, world. Let me, let's just back up a bit. Do you not think that Ben Smith is a waste on the wing? They're so kind of fluid that anyone can fit in anywhere. I think Mike Brown is incredibly lucky if he makes that team. I think Mike Brown. I, I put Mike Brown in, uh, and I put Ben Smith on the wing. Um, so Care and Brown from Quinns. You go yep. with that? Yeah, Phil? I go with that. So you're you're outvoted anyway. Again. Other, other than that, it's <laughs> Kiwis. Danny Care, Mike Brown, and Dylan Hartley. Dylan Hartley, yeah. And Courtney <laughs> Courtney Laws, the only representative. Two from Northampton. Two so from only Quinns, three Englishmen make the team. Four. Four Englishmen. No. Because one's in New Zealand. Though. Oh, right. <laughs> Dylan Hartley, yeah. So, on that basis, the logic would be New Zealand are going to roll England over. Yes. yes. I think that is going to happen. I think, I think that is going to happen as well. I can't think of how they stop them. I, I think it'll probably be 15 to 20 points as well. I think that New Zealand are that much better than the team that England will put out, partly because of injuries. Here's the thing. Uh, uh, New Zealand looks very, very organised against a USA team who don't spend enough time together. Maybe England's organisation will be enough to slow them down. And if they can get a foothold in the game, they might be able to, to get something. I think England's, if you want to call it a draw, I think England's run of fixtures are the least favourable that they could have been. They've got New Zealand first up, mm-hmm. yeah. who will be formidable and have already had a warm-up game, whereas England are coming in dry. They finish with Australia, who always start badly, finish really well. Yeah, and. And that's and they've also got um, Samoa beating them beating them up and South Africa in the and middle South two Africa. massive yeah. physical challenges yeah yeah the, and these the two massive getting out of hand I think I love it <laughs> yeah absolutely awesome. love it four four consecutive weeks of, of huge fixtures. I think we need they need to make they need to have three tests okay oh, in the autumn shut up yeah. Yeah. shut up and one shut of those up. tests should Let's have to be a, a tier two nation. I love it. I just yeah. want, want to see him play these teams, thanks. I love yeah. it. I can't we get normally, enough of it. We normally do play a tier two nation, like, like Samoa, like Fiji. 
It's, it's like asking a kid what they want for breakfast. You're just going to say, more sweets, sweets, jam, chocolate. Right? Just have three, because that way, right, you build a mystique. It's not all, sugar's not always good for you. Oh, brilliant. I want to see him play in all of those three big Southern Hemisphere teams, and I, and I like the, the fact that Samoa are getting a look in as well. Can't wait for that. Uh, yep. Now, we'll get into the other games that are happening this weekend, but let's look back to the boys' trip to Chicago. And uh, you you went out and you you had your media commitments. You, you got your little press passes. You went and you stood touchline and watched, spoke to some rugby players. But you also spoke to rugby fans. Now you met a bunch of Egg Chasers podcast listeners. We did. Who were out there? Yeah, we did. So uh, we met with Warren Mullis, uh, Preston, and Jackie. The, the three, uh, not Jackie. Jackie was Jack Moon. Jake. Yeah. yeah. Jake, he was wearing a Jackie Moon shirt. He was dressed up as Jackie Moon. And Scott Fennell, who tweeted saying, cool cool to bump into the Rugby Podcast boys out of Soldier Field today. Yeah, that was quite... I was dreaming when that happened. like, JV, JV, who's this? Yeah. Someone shouted you in the crowd. We've been been there two minutes again. It was like uh, being back at Leicester and we're just 60,000 people trying to get into the stadium and someone (laughs) bumped into us, Scott, uh, which was, yeah, very good, quite cool. Quite cool to meet him. Did you did you overegg the pudding slightly on your nights out? Uh, I wouldn't. Did I say that as a world class sports announcer? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Well, you're not overegging the pudding at all, then, Jamie. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so you went out with some recording equipment and you spoke to some sports fans. What have you got for us here? Yeah, so this is in a, this is in a sports bar. I went to a few sports bars. So I thought it'd be quite a good idea to test the temperature of the US sports fans. By the way, they are sports mad. We landed. Uh, we got to a bar. Pretty much every bar is, is a sports bar. Yeah. I watched a lot of basketball and also a gem for me, Thursday night football. So these people know their, know their sports. So first person we met was a young lady who, who was serving us. Yeah, does each person know why we are in Chicago? What is the sporting event? Right. First... Funny enough, you, you, picked, you chatted to some girls. Did that happen a lot? <laughs> uh, no. no. No, not really. No. <laughs> One of the funniest things that a girl said to me was, oh, you're from the UK? Is that where Germany is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it takes too much of my time concentrating. I've got yeah. other things to drink. All right, so come on then. So first one was a waitress in a brewery. Yeah. What do you think? And this was a sports brewery as well. I am going to say yes, she'll know, because the logic is... Not necessarily because she's um, into rugby or anything, but she, she would have spoken to enough people that someone will have let her know that that's on. Okay. So, yes. Here we go. This Saturday in Chicago Field, it's sold out. What is it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> are, you not, are you not patriotic? Help! Oh okay, phone a friend. What is it? <laughs> the Eagles are playing a test against the All Blacks in rugby. There you go. I got that wrong. She didn't, yeah. know. she didn't have a clue. She but didn't know. She does know her rugby players. Does she now? Because we went on to ask her this. Now, I'm going to name three people, and you've got to tell me which one is the world-class rugby player. Okay? Tim Cocker, Bill Logan, or Jonathan Beardmore? Jonathan. Yeah! Jonathan. Yay! <laughs> I knew it. Bill knows her stuff. Wow. <laughs> She's not totally stupid then. Right, okay. Fair, fair enough. Okay. Uh, next up then. Right, okay, this, so JP. This, JP was a doctor. Yeah, he was a legend. Yeah, he's an educated man. He'll be from the middle classes. He'll, if, if someone's going to know their rugby, I'd bank it on being a doctor. He described himself, right? Because he was sitting down and he asked me how tall I was. I, asked, um, I told him, then I asked him how tall he was. He goes, 
I'm 5'7", but much taller standing on my wallet. (laughs) (laughs) Big, big Alabama fan. Okay, here's JP. 3pm Soldier Field this Saturday. What's the sporting event? This Saturday? Sunday is football. Saturday is uh, Soldier Field. It ain't baseball. I don't know. What is USA Eagles versus the New Zealand All Blacks. Rugby. 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 I don't give a fuck about rugby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No idea. All right. He looked after us very, very well for the next two two hours. He, yeah, it was good fun. It was JP. Okay, so the final one was in uh, a deep pan pizza place. And again, it was the, the waiter in a, a deep pan pizza place. Uh, he'll be looking for a tip. I, I, I want to believe the best in people. I think someone's going to know in Chicago, so yes. Okay, here I've we go. I've been wrong every other time. We're here for one reason. Okay. This, this weekend and that reason corresponds with a sold out Soldier Field so do you know what's happening in, in Soldier Field this weekend is it the rugby match yeah it is my yes. brother's gone my sister-in-law played uh, rugby in college at the University of Illinois they met up oh. here so they're gone they're taking my nephew who's about a uh, year and a half old <laughs> there you yeah. go but that's not a good advert for rugby I suppose if one, if, if one, one out of three, three people knows, that's, that's, sure, that's good I'm going. I'm not sure if our sample size is big enough. <laughs> but yes, I mean, that would make it like three million people or something. There were a lot of people uh, in bars who were just there for the rugby. You could tell they were rugby fans. They were yes. talking loads about the rugby. Loads of Kiwis. Singing. Yeah. Loads of them. There mm. were loads of Kiwis. But people from all over, people from Ireland, England, um, lots of Australians as well. Mm. And just people from all over United States, like loads of guys with like a uh, California University rugby team, Colorado rugby team, like the different jerseys, which was really, really good you to see. You haven't dished enough dirt for my liking. There must be some shenanigans that went on. You, you mean, were there, you were boys on tour. Yeah, so um, <laughs> our friend Steve, who was on the podcast last week, and there's a good reason that he doesn't come on the podcast. He's, he's not a wordsmith. He got a little bit excited on one of the nights, on the last night that we were there. And I asked for directions from a guy on a street corner. Steve lost his call somewhat and said, under no circumstances, to the same effect, would he talk, talk to this guy? And actually said that he might be a drug dealer. Steve then ran off. I was walked back to my place by this very kind drug dealer. <laughs> um, in the morning, Steve said, this is, this, is, this, right, this is an example of, do you know when you fall out with your girlfriend or your wife and then something is relatively minor or something, I, or something didn't really happen, but... To make the, their point, they exaggerate what what happened. Well, so I said to him in the morning, I was like, Steve, you are absolutely mental. You know, why did you not walk in? He goes, oh, yeah, it, it, it was a drug sting. What, and one, also, one too many movies. Yeah, and yeah. also, doesn't that imply that I'm about to buy some drugs? <laughs> <laughs> well, it can be a drug sting, but it doesn't matter because you, you're not going to buy drugs, so you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we lost Steve for about two hours because he went the other, the other way. I just don't, I think he's scared of people who aren't from Leamington. <laughs> we did. We met. We met some uh, some cool guys after the game. Um, who I think they're from Colorado University. They played Colorado University rugby, and were were in Chicago to watch the game and spent like the next three hours in an Irish bar, the Shamrock Club, oh, basically playing drinking games, drinking songs, just kind of doing everything that you'd normally do. They're really really good fun. Yeah, that was like a scene from a movie. It was it was it, great. It was yeah. So jealous <laughs> so flipping jealous well we're going to look ahead to the internationals that are coming up a little bit more in just a second but um, we've gone from that Chicago based game to 
Phil's normal trivia based question. Yes. You got a little so play along. You might need a pen and paper if you're doing this. Yeah. Or your or all the little app on your phone that you can scribble and write some ideas on because uh, it's quite often list based. What have you got for us today, Phil? It is list based. James, what a surprise! As a you got pen and paper there. Yeah, yeah I have got pen and paper. Okay, so nice and easy. Um, I'm going to name six rugby players, mm-hmm. and I want you to write them down in order of who has got the most caps. Mm. So lowest to highest. Yeah. And the players are James Hook, Ruan Pinar, Israel Deg, Frederick Michelak, Jack Berger, and Stephen Moore. Ooh, interesting. Have you got all those? Um, read them again. Okay, so James Hook, yeah. Ruan Pinar, Frederick Michelak, Israel Dag. Jack Berger and Stephen Moore. Oh, okay. Hmm. I can tell you that there's at least ten caps between them. I've not picked two who are on like thirty-five and thirty-six caps. They're they're all spread out nice and evenly. Okay. Yes. How many caps have they got? Mmm, okay. Mm. Oh, I don't know. There's a couple that are like... Whoa. Between between the six of them, yeah, they've got 380 caps. Oh, okay. Spread across the it. six. Can I give you what I think... So that would, that would... If you average them all at the same, you'd be talking about, what, 70? Uh, like si- yeah, 60-odd. Si- 60-odd caps each. Right, I think there's going to be a couple of curveballs here. Mmm... Mm. Hmm. Right, so can we also tell you as we go down how many caps we think each one has? Um, <laughs> you can. <laughs> That's not the game. I'm not going to do that. No, yeah, so get... we start from the bottom. We say where we well, think that guy roughly, is. Roughly, yeah, roughly. I you see. I'm thinking Jack Berger might be a little curveball. I'm going to put him as my bottom. Jack Berger's my bottom as well. I say twenty caps. Okay. Next for both of you. I'm going. I'm going the. Uh, I'm going to go Ruin Pinar because I reckon he won't have. I, good player as he is, I reckon he won't have played that much. He's had great nines in South Africa. He, he's been in, in Europe for a while. I'm going Francois. I'm going uh, Ruin Pinar. I think that's a terrible choice because I'm going to go Stephen Moore. Stephen Moore second for. I think he's okay. got about forty caps. I'd say. Okay. Uh, third. Third, I'm going to say would be Israel Dag. I also have Izzy D. Izzy is third. Okay. I'm going to go, and this is where I think the curveball might come in. I'm going to go James, uh, Freddie Michelak. Wow. Freddie Michelak is four. Yep. yep. I've got James Hook, who's got 71 caps. That's four. Okay. I'm going James Hook at two. Yeah. Ruin Pinot, two. I don't think he's had a significant break from South Africa. And I think he must have about. Hmm. About 80 caps, I'd say. Okay. And I'm going Stephen Moore, number one. And I'm guessing, I reckon he's got over 100 caps. Freddie Michelac has, I think, is the most capped French 10. I think he's about 94-ish. Well, this time, wow. we're not going to have the same list. Uh-oh. We haven't you, got the same list. You haven't got the same list. And I can tell you the scores are 3-2. to two. Oh, shit. So you score points by 
getting them in the correct position. So I can tell you that you both got Jacques Berger correct. Tw- only 29 caps. Wow. Then, next up was Israel Dag <sighs> in second with 44. Mm. Um, although we might have 45 now after that, that game. Uh, Frederick Michelak was third. Wow. Oh, no, it's over. With 59. James Hook was fourth. So that's oh. another point for JB. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Even though you fluked it. <laughs> you fluked James Hook. You thought James Hook had less than... No. <laughs> but I also said he... No, I think that's about right. Ruan Pinar is second top. Yes! So Rubbish. a third point for JB. Stephen Moore was top. Stephen Moore is top. So I got top and bottom. With but... 92. Oh, I should get an extra point for getting the <laughs> one who got the most caps. <laughs> Rubbish. Yes! There you go, so Jay. Well played. Jay wins. Well played. Good game, good re- game. Yeah, I thought Rampino R- would have more because they don't have those silly rules in South Africa. They just pick good players. Right, okay. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Uh, right, let's look at the weekend's rugby then. We've got some amazing fixtures and we've already talked about England, New Zealand. We both, we all think uh, New Zealand will win. And Phil and I kind of, I think, I, I think they're going to win by, I'm going to say 10 points. I hate the Autumn Internationals. Yeah, I think 15. You only hate the Autumn Internationals because you're Welsh and Wales so, are always rubbish in the Autumn and then so they win stressful. the Six Nations. <laughs> like you came up with the Autumn Internationals thinking that it's over. You know, Wales just shouldn't, just, just shouldn't play. <laughs> and then we go and do something great in, great in the Six Nations. Wales v Australia then. Um, how'd you see this one going? Interesting, yeah. No idea. Both, both teams in kind of transition a little bit, I think. Transition? One's, one, one's had a coach for eight years. Uh, not the coach, but just... The shake-up, they're trying to bring all the players back. Yeah, they're trying to get the central contracts. They've got people who are unavailable, like the, the English and French. And, oh. a lot, and a lot of players who have been perennial guys not making the squad. Adam Jones, Adam for Jones, example. Yeah. I think Australia are going to win, and I say that because, I mean, the Millennium Stadium is my favourite rugby stadium. and uh, After the rack. And it has a massive, massive impact on a game. However, Australia have been playing against South Africa and New Zealand yeah. for the last two months. It's a good point. But the counter-argument I'd like to make is they've got a coach in Michael Tracker who's brand new, although he does know a lot of, a lot of the Waratahs. Yeah. Will this inflame the so-called division between the Waratahs players and the Brumbies? Will he be binning everything that Mackenzie did and starting afresh? Will he be carrying on? Will he, will he like this? I mean, there's so many questions about that Australia team. And yeah, OK, the Welsh lads have a contract uh, dispute here and there. But actually, they're a pretty settled team and they're very powerful. So you're going, as a true Welshman, you're going Wales. I'm going Australia. Phil? Australia. But, but a good game, I think. I think it'll be a good game as well. Ireland, South Africa. I've got, I'm have got. i just going to make it a clean sweep of Southern Hemisphere teams. I'd love to see Ireland win. There's some doubts about Johnny Sexton's fitness. Oh, really? Because mm. they're like missing Keen Healy and Sean O'Brien. I know, I can't. I just I, Yeah, it's going to be. pretty big. So Dwayne Vermaelen and Eben Etzebeth up yeah. front. Good as Paul O'Connell is, and and some of the other guys up front, I just I can't see it. I can't see it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. Uh, percent Italy Samoa, more mm. interesting. Now, I don't know what kind of squad Samoa have actually got because if they've got all their big players, all their they're missing one of the PCs. I forget which one. I think it's George uh, through injury, and they're missing Mullapola, obviously. Yeah, but if they've if they've got. Uh, full or close to full availability which they don't always have then I'd go for Samoa I, I think they 
they can do it. And I don't think Italy have been playing particularly well. So I'm going to go Samoa. Me too, Samoa. Uh, for Scotland, Argentina. 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 Now, on the last podcast, JB said, when we mentioned Scotland v Argentina for something, uh, JB went... Can you imagine what Argentina would do to Scotland? And a very proud Scottish uh, fan who listens to the podcast went, quote, in quotation marks, went, do you know what Argentina would do to Scotland? That was you saying that. And then went, firstly, yes, Scotland won 21-19 in June. Second, let's see next week, says Jamie Simpson. Yes. <sighs> Hear me now, believe me later. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. I do think the Argentinian team in June was a little bit weakened. I don't think they had a lot of their European players. But and, unless the Scottish feed the Argentines are pretty much meal, deep, deep red Mars bars and plenty of them, the Argentines are going to smash the Scots. I wouldn't, uh, I I wouldn't think, say smash. I well, don't think they'll smash them. I think they will. Glasgow have got a very good team they with, have, with a good, keep, strong but, Scottish backbone. And But they keep picking all these players from abroad, which is interesting. Like who? I'm going to go with the French lads. Home advantage, Scotland, to be the only, mm. the only home nations team that get a win. What? I think uh, Argentina will be... I don't understand this, because you're both intelligent, reasonable people. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, We'll see see on Saturday. We'll see on Saturday. I think think it'll be a a close game. I think it'll be a good game, but I think Argentina will benefit from just coming off the back of um, what could be considered to be a successful Southern Hemisphere International Tournament because they got their their final win. win. Yeah, Yeah. fair enough. And Scotland won't have been together since since the summer but the Glasgow backbone of that, that team is good I hurt sir so what are you so you going with Argentina Phil <laughs> I am yeah, yeah. just alright just. so are we say are you saying then Phil that the only Northern Hemisphere team that will chalk a win will be France against Fiji yes but even that I don't think will be particularly comfortable <laughs> hmm I think France will win France <coughs> Fiji you'd yeah. hope so yeah you, they really have to yeah uh, let's return to where the, the podcast started for, you know, the, the real big, the real big event of the weekend. Let's um, let's do our picks of the week, looking ahead to the second week of the LV Cup. And there was our look ahead to this weekend's <laughs> LV Cup. We've not mentioned it. What? Sam Burgess has arrived. Oh, he's yes. here. Slam, slamming Earth. Sam's in town. Are we the only people in the world who are not speaking about Sam Burgess? <laughs> Everyone's putting their two pence worth in at the moment, aren't they? I've yeah, seen but... a lot of articles that are written basically about the same thing, about the document rewording the, the documentary on Slamming Sam. Yeah, there's not a lot to say at this point. No, just well, Stuart a... Barnes managed to write like a page and a half of drivel. Um... <laughs> I mean, I, I watched, I watched a, a lot. Of, I watched the Rabbitohs playoff matches in the NRL and um, the guy's incredible you look at his brothers I watched the England v Australia Rugby League over the weekend and he's, I was just watching his brothers just thinking God if he's the best <laughs> these are big old boys And tell, tell, I tell you what the only way to make that bath kit look any nicer is to put it on Sam Burgess because <laughs> he looks good in that bath kit yeah imagine Sonny Bill wearing that bath kit oh good lord a lot of the, see, a lot of the articles, I agree with you, a lot of the articles are kind of rehashing stuff that's already been said and a lot of speculation with not a lot of substance because he hasn't played yet. And a lot of them have been the just, you know, oh, let's talk about the good 
cross-code converts and the bad cross-code converts. Yeah. There were some names in that that I'd completely forgotten about. I'd forgotten Yestin Harris, played for oh, played yeah. quite a lot of times for Wales. He was getting good. Yeah. I know everyone says he's a failure. He was getting really good towards the end. Steve Booth for Leicester. You probably don't remember him. Um, but Liam Botham, Leeds, Newcastle. You played a bit, yeah. Um, Carl Price. <laughs> yeah, uh, John, Carl... John Bentley, Bentos. Bentos! <laughs> Well, two of the best of them currently will be on show this weekend. One at the Millennium Stadium, Israel Falau, and uh, another one. Well, no, actually, he's probably injured, so he won't make an appearance at Twickenham, but Sonny Bill Sonny will. Sonny Bill. Well, Can Sam Burgess here's, reach those heights? Here's a prediction for you. One, Sam Burgess will have one game in the next 12 months. That game will be a World Cup final, and it'll be just because he's kryptonite to Sonny Bill. <laughs> and that's what we're going to do we'll wheel him on the do. only way it's possible to stop Sonny Bill a Burgess <laughs> shall we make up proposition B which is we don't talk about Burgess until he plays yeah that, that sounds good because everyone talks talk about Burgess it's boring and we're above that or at least until he's named in the team sheet yeah when yeah. he plays we can break proposition B and even if, even when he, if he plays for the A team or whatever or Bath yeah. United or whatever we'll, any, we'll go and watch it any rugby yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we can't. We're not going to be able to actually talk about him as a player for another couple of months. Mm. So let's keep our powder dry, and there'll be there'll be the right time in the right place. But um, one thing we can talk about uh, is Repenny Cow Thal Thal Kakambuna, or whatever however you say his full name. Repenny Thal Thal. Yes, Repenny Thal Thal. What's what's a crazy individual been up to this week then? So surprisingly, he was due back. I think on Thursday, um, or he was due to get on a flight from Fiji uh, to Agen on Thursday. Arjen? Yeah, where he's now playing, okay. uh, France Division 2, and never showed up, never made the flight, didn't arrive back, which is something he's done at least a few times before. Well, there's a famous one. Did he start at Arjen in, in France? Uh, I, I think he's played a handful of games this season. I don't think he's No, 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 I mean, his first move over was Arjen. Um, yeah, I think it might have I been. think it was as well. And the club president and a few other cronies had to travel three days... Uh, on uh, well, obviously he had to fly there. Then had to get a link flight over to his island. Then had to cut cut through forest. And apparently, the reason he couldn't make it was he had a dental infection and he was pretty much passed out with fever. So <laughs> the first thing that they, that they had to do when they got him back over is give him dental work. <laughs> and then when he had his teeth sorted out, he could chow down on buckets of KFC again. Yeah, yam KFC. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Everything. Lots of foie gras. Being in, being in France. Yeah. Oh, so if you if you see. A massive Fijian yeah. moving very quickly and looking like he's moving far too quickly for a guy of his size. Then um, that's for Penny Falfal. That's for Penny Falfal <laughs> and reporting to the rugby authorities, please. Um, other than that, enjoy the rugby over the weekend. We'll be back, of course. Uh, you can get in touch with us at Rugby Podcast on Twitter is where you can find us and uh, where you can see that picture of well all the stuff we post, like JB with fellow number eight Kieran right. Reed. Um, why don't you play us out with the national anthem? The national anthem of America. Yes. How did they do the anthem, by the way? Awesomely. With they, yeah. With fireworks, but no fighter jets. Did no, but did they do it like traditionally? I, I didn't watch that like, where they just did a normal one, or did they do the one where they do the older vocal gymnastics? Oh yeah. But uh, I said, can you see? <laughs> they love that, don't they? They do love that. Well, I, I like uh, Whitney Houston's version in the Miami Super Bowl, but other than that. All right, so uh, let's let's be played out by the USA national anthem. Me. <laughs> Let- See, baby, the dark.
Why don't you play us out to the theme tune of the magnificent to the magnificent seven? What's that? <laughs> have, you, have you not have you not heard no. that? No, I, th- I think I know the one. It's very American. Yeah. Hold on. And the rockets That is what you're talking about? Much better. Very, very, very American. Very American. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. At Rugby Podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. We'll be watching the rugby and then we'll be back on Monday to talk about it again. In the meantime, get in touch with us. And uh, thank you very, very much for listening. Tell your friends. Leave a little, what's it called? Oh, it's this song. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, leave a little, what's it called, review on iTunes. Um, and most importantly, enjoy the LV Cup. <laughs> oh, of all things, enjoy the wonders of the LV Cup. Uh, we'll be back next next time. One nice one, JB. Bye bye, Tim. Nice one, Phil. Cheers, Tim. Later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.